This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Welcome to another Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. You know, today I'd like to talk about good news in bad news places. It's important for us as the body of Christ to recognize windows of opportunity to make sure that we represent Christ in very real and tangible ways. Now, regardless of our personal political preferences, personal denominational preferences, or opinions that we have, it's important for us to get a kingdom perspective and how God wants to use His church, that means you and me, in the most difficult of circumstances, because it's a we are to be a city set on a hill. We are to let God's light shine in and through us. I love the words of Jesus in Matthew 5, 16, when he says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and bring glory to your Father in heaven. Another scripture that I love is out of Luke 21, when most of Luke 21 talks about wars and rumors of wars, uh, political unrest, natural and human disasters. It goes on to talk about all these different crises. But verse 13, Jesus with his own words says, so in the midst of this tragedies or crises or global difficulties, Jesus says to his church, but it shall be an occasion for your testimony. So Luke 21 speaks of all these crises that will happen. But verse 13 Jesus is speaking directly to his church, to his people, that says, but it shall be an occasion for your testimony. When I look at that scripture, I realize that regardless of what our opinions might be, our preferences might be, it's important for us to represent Christ in very tangible and real ways in the midst of human difficulties. If you want to hear good news behind the bad news in our world or experience transformation in your community, if you need equipping and encouraging to overcome the challenges of life and ministry or desire to be empowered to serve your community, if you are looking for a tribe of like-minded believers that want to be the church, then Somebody Cares Global Summit is the place for you. Join us October 17th to the 19th in Houston, Texas, as we regroup, recharge, and relaunch for the next move of God in our communities. Visit somebodycares.org for more details and to register. That's somebodycares.org. When we look around the world today and we see the natural disasters that have been accumulating, earthquakes, wars and rumors of wars, political unrest even in our own country, the United States, and we see constant bantering going back and forth politically and on social media, those are our opportunities to let the light of Christ shine in and through us. The world is needing hope, and the only hope that many will see is the light of Christ living in you and me. You know, over the last period of time, we see constant bantering and things going on in our cities, inner cities of America and, and parts of the world. And we see that there's so many people with personal opinions and, and throwing attacks at one another. In fact, not too long ago, with all the bantering and the crossfire political and social media that was going on about even places like Baltimore, or we've heard about places like Detroit, or maybe the city that you're living in, there's always going to be difficult news and crises in the midst of all that's going on. But as the Lord's people, we need to also make sure 
that we are representing the good news in the midst of bad news. So, for example, as Baltimore was caught up in all this crossfire, our chapter called Somebody Cares Baltimore, a chapter of Somebody Cares America and Somebody Cares International, was continuing to bring hope in the midst of the most difficult of circumstances. In fact, I remember when I first started going to Baltimore back in probably 2000, 2001, and began to nurture relationships there. And then a few years later, uh, when we saw Somebody Cares Baltimore established, and the relationships of various organizations coming together, Partners for Transformation, Transformational Partners, and other agencies working together in partnership with Somebody Cares Baltimore. And then ultimately, in the last probably nine or ten years, we've seen thousands upon thousands of people and neighborhoods impacted by the church crossing racial, denominational, and generational lines together. In fact, uh, each year, one of the things that Somebody Cares Baltimore helps to facilitate is what is called the Day of Hope. And they have these gatherings in all these areas and neighborhoods around inner city Baltimore where they bring in this, this Day of Hope, where they have different agencies come in, job skills training, they have things for the children, they have medical and dental clinics, they have games, they have giveaways, they have music, they have, it's just an incredible day in the midst of the most difficult of circumstances to bring a semblance of healing and hope in the midst of such difficulty. And uh, the Day of Hope is a one-day special community event that is designed to meet both human and spiritual needs of the community. And that's a direct quote from our director, Matt Stevens, of Somebody Cares Baltimore. But it would be similar to some of the other outreaches we see in San Antonio with Mark Roy or with Mike Lynch working with Ally Ministries and a partner of Somebody Cares in Minneapolis. And then we have Somebody Cares St. Augustine, Florida, and Somebody Cares Tampa Bay. And we have uh, LoveBot, one of our friends and affiliates in uh, Colombia, which is working with with, uh, poverty eradication and orphans or with Core Love for Orphans, uh, Mike Reisner and his great team working with orphans and and uh, schools and training in in Haiti and other countries, and and Mike Rosas with Lovebot. We have Love Botswana in Botswana, Africa, has been there over 30 years with Jerry and Jana Lackey. These are all ministries that have been interconnected and related through relationships together. We call it the net that works. In other words, you can go to a lot of meetings, pass out business cards, and do a lot of social networking, but what we're looking for is connecting the net So it's a net that works. So with one fishing pole, you catch one fish. But connected together as a mended net, then Jesus can cast us together and we can bring in a whole lot more fish and have a lot more results as 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 a result of working together in very tangible and real ways. With nobody trying to be preeminent, but Jesus being the preeminent one. No one trying to promote their own organization, but realizing that together we can do more. We're part of something bigger than ourselves. So in cities across America and places around the world, there is a net that is working because we recognize it's not about us. It's about advancing the kingdom of God and representing Christ in a very real and tangible way. Again, Matthew 5.16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and bring glory to your Father in heaven. So getting back to Baltimore, Day of Hope has mobilized thousands throughout the years to serve more than 20,000 residents in 14 different Baltimore city neighborhoods. 
It's a festive type atmosphere with music, food, prize giveaways. Kids play games and jump on moo bounces. And, and while their parents receive free groceries and visit with service providers from doctors to bankers to community resource representatives, they can get their blood pressure checked, learn how to avoid foreclosure, and receive information on programs that can help them set up for success rather than failure. And then they have a prayer tent. And this is great. We do that in our own city with like KSBJ Radio and other ministries in Houston and other cities that we work with. They have, they have these prayer tents, you know, need prayer and people come. It's amazing the divine and providential connections of people who see that, uh, that prayer tent and says, if you need prayer, we'll pray for you. They'll come and people open up their hearts. It's, and these prayer tents can be manned by local churches and people receive prayer and get to learn about the tangibility of Christ in and through God's people. The events of, of the day for like Days of Hope uh, draw people in, but the desire is to see ongoing life change for them as they learn more about the Lord and discover tools to help them, to give tools to help them get through what they're going through. In fact, if we recognize the problems around us, then we can see them, we can hear it on the daily news. There's all kinds of problems, but are we going to be a part of the solution? See, just speaking about problems, talking about problems doesn't change anything. We're called to be change agents. We're to be those who God can use as an opportunity for our testimony. Remember what Jesus said in Luke 21, 13, but it shall be an occasion for your testimony. Well, we see in Revelation, it says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The solution for the problems of our day in your city, in your community, where you may live, in the country you might be in, the problems or the solution of the problems is not going to be solved by just talking about the problems and complaining about them, but being those who are willing to stand in intercession, not just intercession in a prayer closet, but to be on site for insight, to be out there, to bring the ministry of God's presence by going out and letting His presence be in and through us. And sometimes it's a, it's a hand that reaches out to help someone. Sometimes it's a word in season of bringing a word of life, to speak life into someone's life. Or it could be about bringing encouragement to someone in the most difficult of circumstances. We want to be tangible and to be the witness God's called us to be. In fact, in Proverbs 14, 25, one of our earmark scriptures that we use for our ministries and all of our affiliates of Somebody Cares Around the World is, is a true witness rescues lives, or in other words, a true witness rescues lives or saves souls. So we want to be a true witness, those who bring a solution in the midst of problems. To do that, we have to make ourselves available to the Lord, to be in His presence, and to carry His presence wherever we go, bringing good news in bad news places. So for example, a Day of Hope in, in Baltimore, for example, each Day of Hope is staffed by over 300 volunteers. Just like short-term missions or long-term missions, when you get people to volunteer, inner-city ministries, when you get volunteers involved, oftentimes the volunteers are the ones who get more out of it by being able to be used by God to give of themselves to reach others who are less fortunate. So everyone wins from these moments of being able to be used by God and available by God. So each day of hope is staffed by over 300 volunteers for just one day, but they do things all year round from churches as well as communities. Somebody cares chapters from New England, Houston, San Antonio, and other places also participate. In fact, Mark Roy, our director of Somebody Cares San Antonio, that's quite a few of these different Days of Hope has gone up to help Somebody Cares Baltimore. In fact, one not too long ago 
uh, he was able to bring his Holy Smoke grill team. What we call what, what happens is Bob Ball at Muncie, Indiana, uh, with Blood and Fire there, and then Mike Lynch from uh, Re- Ally Ministries, one of our affiliates from Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Mark Roy from San Antonio. They have these uh, these barbecue pits we call the Holy Smokers, and so every disaster or crisis, they they're part of our mobilization team to go into places that that are very challenging and difficult after natural disasters. They've been with me all over the world and we've done things together. And uh, so they actually go and volunteer, like for example, at Somebody Cares Baltimore's Day of Hope. And so the last one that they were a part of, they literally were able to bring in enough chicken, I think it was a thousand pounds of chicken or something, and to help cook that. And they get the extra condiments and they get all other kinds of things together to give out free hot meals along with other giveaways and stuff for the day. So when these ministries come together, it's amazing to see camaraderie and also what it does to the community when they see that there are people really that do care. In fact, you know, we want people to know many years ago in in the 1980s and 90s, we used to have a billboard up in our city in Houston and and we'd have uh, prayer boxes and we have little signs everywhere and we have all of our public displays said, area churches and ministries want you to know that somebody cares Houston. And that became a theme in Tampa Bay and all over the country where it would say, area churches and ministries and organizations want you to know somebody cares and whatever the name of that city was. It was more of a theme and a declaration of the area churches and organizations working together to let people in the community know that somebody still cared. In fact, after Katrina, a year after, after we'd already done a lot of partnering together throughout Mississippi and throughout New Orleans and throughout that part of the the, the Gulf, after uh, Hurricane Katrina and, of course, Hurricane Rita that came after that in, in Texas, we were able to come back a year after Katrina uh, back into where we had already been helping throughout New Orleans, and we set up what was called Somebody Still Cares New Orleans. Because a lot of times when a crisis happens, there's a lot of media attention, people come along and people want to volunteer, and that's awesome. We, we need to do that, and we need to connect with uh, agencies and ministries and organizations that do that. But oftentimes when the media leaves and the attention leaves, so do a lot of the organizations. So that's why we believe in working to and through the local ministries and churches and organizations. So when everybody else is gone, they're still there. They're the ones who really care about their community. They're still there serving their community and serving their people. So we come back and we try to continue to leverage attention and and help direct resources as we can. And so we come back and our theme then becomes somebody still cares New Orleans. And so even what we're doing uh, in Baltimore even now is that we want people to know that area churches and ministries and organizations want you to know that somebody still cares Baltimore. You see, with all the bantering and the media stuff going on and whatever people's ideas and opinions are, in the midst of the bad news situations, yes, there's challenges. Yes, that their inner cities of America are struggling. Yes, there are communities around the world that are struggling. But it's the local churches and ministries and organizations, if they will work together put aside their differences, become part of something bigger than themselves, we can let the community know 
that area churches and ministries and organizations want you to know somebody still cares. So in this context, as I'm sharing even about Baltimore, because I think it's a great example, we hear a lot of negative news over the years with with the, the poverty, the challenges, the people leaving the inner city, moving to the suburbs, and leaving many homes dilapidated and, and abandoned, and it creates other areas of crime, and drug increases, and, and opioid challenges across America again. We see these kinds of things are realities of the changing times in which we're in, but These are opportunities for you and me in the church to go back into those situations and to bring a semblance of healing and hope in the midst of the most difficult of circumstances, thus being a true witness that rescues lives and ultimately will see souls saved and lives changed. I've got testimony after testimony after testimony of lives that I've seen changed. It it didn't start that way. 1981 is when I first began to work in ministry. It's been 38 years now as of October of 2019. When we first start, my heart would break oftentimes to see such dilapidations in people's lives, to see such difficulties and challenges, meeting teenage runaways and prostitutes and at-risk youth and gang members, and it broke my heart to see what was going on. And sometimes you want to just quit and give up, and you just want to go along with the fodder of everybody else talking about negative news. And at that time, in the early 80s and 90s, uh, Kurt Williams, who was a Southern Baptist, and myself, who comes from a Assemblies of God, four-square, charismatic, Pentecostal background, we would walk the streets together till three, 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and he'd get his team to come together. And I had a team of many volunteers from all kinds of churches of every denominational background would go to the streets with me, and we'd just begin to prayer walk and talk to kids and begin to just reach out with a simple card that said, somebody cares 24 hours a day. It was amazing because back then we didn't, we didn't have cell phones, but we had pagers and beepers. So uh, they would page us. We had the pager number, hotline pager, 24 hours a day. And we had different volunteers keep track of who called in and from a pay phone or wherever they called from. And uh, that simple term, somebody cares 24 hours a day, began to touch people's hearts. And they would hold on to those cards six months. And even six years later, we'd start getting calls back from that. It was a, yes, there was a lot of broken heart moments where you would see people that didn't receive the message of good news. And I'd have to, I've had to do so many memorial services and funerals for street kids and gang members and drug addicts over the years. But there was also a lot of good news in all the midst of that. The greater tragedy would have been if we did not make ourselves available. And I was telling a story recently of, of a young man who was a street kid uh, gang member who came from Chicago, who was kind of the, the kingpin of all these street kids. And and uh, we tried to reach out to him so many times, and I won't get into the whole story, but one night he was shot and killed uh, over some pie at a restaurant. And, uh, and I remember my heart broke because I really felt like, I, and in fact, I've told him many times when he would bring other street kids to my office and say, you need to listen to him. I'm thinking, well, why won't you listen to us? And one day, I remember just telling him, one day, you're going to be to me like Nicky Cruz was to David Wilkerson. He didn't have a clue who David Wilkerson and Nicky Cruz were, but whenever he got in trouble or ended up in jail, he would always ask me for more books or information about David Wilkerson and Nicky Cruz. And so I was so excited about that. But when I heard that he had been shot and killed, my heart sank. And I just wanted to know, what were the last words he ever said? Another girl named Brandy, who was a teenage prostitute that we helped out, led her to the Lord. She ended up later in an AIDS hospice and ended up getting some dementia before she passed it. And when she passed away, they couldn't find any next of kin. And so I asked the city if we could pay 
to have a proper burial because because she had no next of kin. They were going to pay through tax dollars. They were going to pay for having a a, a, a pop put her in a pauper's grave as an indigent with no name. And I thought, well, well, that's not right. She may not have next of kin in the natural realm, but we're her next of kin. We are the church that reached out to her. She responded. And so we asked what it would cost for us so the taxpayers would not have to pay for the burial if we could buy a headstone and give her a proper funeral. They didn't know what to do. Nobody had asked them to do that before. So we just made a big issue about it. And so they finally acquiesced and, and the city health department let us pay for a a proper burial, a real funeral, and get her a headstone on her gravesite. So in that situation, I knew that she had responded, but what would have been the greater tragedy? Uh, after she got AIDS and all these other things she went through, the greater tragedy if she didn't know who to turn to. If we had not made ourselves available in bad news situations and just said, oh, they deserve what they get, or, or they need to clean up their own mess, or if we had just taken that attitude and listened to the fodder of the news, and we didn't go out to make ourselves available to minister and sow seeds of hope and healing in people's lives, she would have never responded to the gospel. As a result, at her funeral, many of the street kids came, and many of them were moved to the depths of their soul that there were people that really cared because they knew Brandy. Many of them gave their lives to the Lord. But get fast forward to this other person who was shot and killed. When I heard that he was shot and killed, it, my heart sank. <clears throat> Years later, another young lady who had been a teenage prostitute that we had helped out, and she ended up coming to Christ, and she went on to prison and different things, and she got out, and now she's serving the Lord. She came to my office a couple years back, and she goes, Oh, Doug, did I ever tell you that when Hollywood uh, got killed that night, over on Lower West Timer in Houston, which used to be the highest crime district of Houston, it's 400 block. She said, did you, did you know what he was telling all of us on the streets? I said, no. What was he saying? She said, he said to her and to others, I realize that what everyone's been telling me about Jesus is true. I want to give my life to the Lord. I'm going to get off these streets and I'm going to go serve the Lord. I'm going to go back to Chicago. So that gave me an, a hope that somehow in his last breath before he was shot and killed, that he was able to, in that moment, say, Jesus, help me. You see, the greater tragedy is if he didn't know who to call upon at that moment. But if we plant seed and water those seeds, we know that God gives the increase. See, we can give all kinds of opinions of how terrible things are. But again, we must be those who let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and bring glory to our Father in heaven. The greater tragedy is if we don't make ourselves available in the midst of bad news situations. So just like our friends in Baltimore or San Antonio or Tampa Bay or San Augustine, the care fest that they do there, and in all these communities around this nation, around the world that we're partnering with, if, if people weren't available in bad news situations, then it would be bad news would be the end. But we have good news in the midst of bad news. So all the news can tell us, the daily news, the, the political posturing and all the things we hear, we can hear about the problems, the problems, the problems. But for you and me, we need to get past that, and we need to be those who bring the presence of God, bring the hope of God, so we can be a part of the solution, not just talking about the problems. You know, Somebody Cares Baltimore also has um, other catalytic things they do. They have three other things or four other things that they do on a regular basis, not just the Days of Hope. 
but they have what they call surfest. They join in with people like surfest in other cities, but where they have all kinds of churches come together to invest in their personal neighborhoods around their churches by by completing service projects is like painting, pulling weeds, and planting. That's what Somebody Cares St. Augustine and Somebody Cares Tampa Bay and other Somebody Cares chapters and affiliates in Florida does. So everyone may call it different, but we're encouraging people to go out and be a tangible expression of Christ and help their community. Because when you go and touch someone's heart, they'll open up their minds to the gospel that we say that we believe. They also do in Baltimore, for example, and I know they do that in Houston and other places, things like Code Blue. It's a holiday celebration named after the program that is activated in Baltimore whenever temperatures fall below 15 degrees Fahrenheit. So any shelter that has availability and space opens their empty beds to anyone who is homeless when the weather gets below 15 degrees. Somebody Cares Baltimore visits uh, one of these shelters before Christmas to serve brunch, sing carols, give out bags of hope, fill with donated toiletries, socks, and washcloths. And I know through all their outreaches, we've given away thousands of our uh, Who Was Jesus booklets that I wrote. and comes from my book, Born to Die, That We May Live. And it's amazing how many outreaches love those booklets, and we provide those all over the country for various outreaches. Another thing they do is the unexpected crises. And for example, during the riots that followed the death of Freddie Gray in Baltimore uh, while he was in uh, police custody, Somebody Cares Baltimore and area churches helped coordinate volunteers to be on hand each morning to serve in the cleanup from the evening's damages from the night before and just to love on people. In fact, it was amazing how bishops and, and pastors and uh, and others in the community would go arm in arm crossing racial, denominational, generational lines, regardless of their political persuasion, regardless of their denominational preference, regardless of their race, they would come together and walk the streets together to bring a semblance of peace in the midst of all the turmoil. And uh, in fact, retired uh, police chief uh, Colonel Russell, uh, Melvin Russell, who's a part of Somebody Cares also, and Somebody Cares Baltimore, very involved with Matt Stevens of Somebody Cares Baltimore, um, he was part of the community partnerships, and he and, and Matt would do so many different things together, getting the police departments, uh, the local, the state, and, and the, the county police police uh, officers together would walk the streets together. Where they have drive-alongs where the pastors would join in and do drive-alongs to bring peace in the midst of difficult circumstances, where pastors made themselves available to walk with the police officers and to ride along and to be there for residents when they were having struggles and to be there as an ear to listen to. In fact, they created a program where uh, I, I was at one of the graduations where there was like 70 uh, volunteer chaplains that went through a program with the Baltimore Police Department and with Somebody Cares Baltimore, and I was able to speak at their graduation, and where these are volunteer ministers from all over the region saying, we want to be a part of the solution. Those are the kinds of solutions we need where we make ourselves ab- available. Another thing that was really exciting uh, and I shared on on social media last summer, and they're doing it again this summer, where they take these inner city kids and take them to a free camp, summer camp, where they many of them have never been outside of Baltimore, never been outside to uh, a nice camp, youth camp like that, and they would go, and all of their mentors would take be there for them. These male and female mentors would be there throughout the camp, but unbeknownst to this to these inner city kids. Their mentors and camp counselors happened to be uh, local Baltimore police, county police, and state police. 
Now, these inner city kids do not trust the police. There's a whole place of misunderstanding, and, and, and there's, there's a whole lot of error that they need to be nurtured and learning about, that these are real human beings and vice versa. And, and so they have a great time with these counselors and mentors throughout the week. And then the last night of camp, all of their mentors they become friends with come out in their actual uniforms, Baltimore police, Baltimore County police, and state police. And the eyeballs of these kids, they go big and they go, what? You're a police officer? But what it does is it diffuses, it shows the human side of these kids and the human side of these peace officers coming together. It's an amazing story of what they're doing. They, they do it every summer. And, uh, and I'm just so blessed to, to be associated with these kinds of heart thinkers and compassion thinking people that recognize we can talk about problems, we can have opinions about problems, or we can go in and be a part of the solution to those problems, be the good news in bad news places. And then, of course, they also, not just these unexpected crises, uh, and even the most current things, we've heard the bantering going on, political stuff, you know, those are things that, that need to be talked about, that do need to bring a, a cognitive understanding of the challenges that our cities are going through. But instead of blame shifting, what we need to do is the church, let everybody else sort those things out. What we need to be doing is getting in there and doing what we can to leverage the equity of the kingdom of God and to be a tangible expression of Jesus Christ. And other initiatives, I know that uh, places like Baltimore and San Antonio and all the other cities that we work with and the chapters and affiliates of Somebody Cares around the world, they also continue to work with homelessness, foster care, at-risk teens, violence, addiction, crisis preparedness for any human or natural crises, but also um, working in the area of rescuing those in human trafficking. So you know what? There may be a lot of bad news in the world today, but there sure is a whole lot of good news and bad news places, and I believe that the answer is still bringing hope and healing through Jesus Christ in and through the body of Christ, the church. You know, when I think about even Baltimore, and you know, they're known as the, the, the birthing city of the star-spangled banner, you know, the national anthem. In the War of 1812, we see the penning of the star-spangled banner but it was in the context of all these bombs and, and gunshots going on and, and losing and, and possibly losing our newly beloved uh, uh, United States that we had at the time and in the War of 1812. But here's the beginning of the, the lyrics of that song. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming, and the rocket's red, red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave? And it goes on, but here's the context of that. In the middle of the most, at that moment, the most difficult of circumstances, seeing bombs and, and rockets going everywhere and wondering, is the United States of America's flag still going to be that star-spangled banner? And at the dawn's early light, throughout the night of battle, they said, and the flag was still there. So it tells me there is hope. That in the midst of all the negative things going on around us in your city, in my city, in Baltimore or other cities, that if the church would rise up, raise up the flag of Christ, the standard of Christ, then we can see through all the darkness and through all the difficulties, 
that the flag is still there. Yes, I believe that there's still hope. And I believe out of the most difficult of circumstances, the greatest things can happen. Revival, we've been all praying for. Revival comes by choice and our willingness to make ourselves available or by circumstances. Sometimes it takes circumstances to get us to wake up. It is a wake-up time, but I believe the church is waking up and that we will be the good news in bad news places. We want to also partner with you for praying for your city. So send us requests at prayer at somebodycares.org. That's prayer at somebodycares.org. We also would like to hear from you about good news in the midst of bad news in your community. We want to hear about what God's doing in and through you and your city and the ministries and churches of your community that are being a tangible expression in your city or region. So email us with your testimonies and praise reports to prayer at somebodycares.org. So again, if you have a prayer need for your city or community, then please send us prayer requests at prayer at somebodycares.org. And if you have good news stories or testimonies in the midst of difficult circumstances, please also send that to us at prayer at somebodycares.org. Share this podcast channel with a friend today and also let people know that we are good news and bad news because somebody still cares. Yes, somebody still cares. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.